Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this weekend. It is a new moon weekend. That means we have the opportunity to start something new. And of course, it means that new things are going to be on the horizon for all of us. I love the new moon. I love the new moon, but I'm also going to go through a process this morning of helping us to understand better. I hope, I hope to help you understand a little bit better how to manifest what it is that you want, because we always think of the new moon as a time for manifesting, right? For putting out to the universe what it is we desire. And uh, sometimes we are successful at that. And other times we successfully get the opposite of what we wanted. <laughs> Been there, done that one. And uh, today I'd like to talk a little bit about why that happens and what it is that we can do about it. So hold on here. I just want to make sure my phone is set so that I can receive messages from Asa out there. If you guys have questions this morning, there we go. Perfect. So I apologize. So now, uh, not only do we have a new moon coming up this weekend, we also have a very auspicious connection between the planet Venus and the planet Neptune, a conjunction where they blend their energies together, Venus being the planet of love, physical love being here on the earth plane, beauty, harmony, and uh, paying attention to our values and to our finances and how we get along in our relationships. And then we have Neptune coming in with its brand of love, which is universal love, higher spiritual connection and forgiveness and trust and surrender and some of those higher spiritual concepts that we know of. So we're blending the two types of love together this weekend even in the new moon. So it's a very auspicious time, I think, for us to go about doing things in a new way, right? To forget some of the, the past arguments and things that we've been through uh, and to move forward in a very loving and uh, heart-centered way. Uh, as well, we also have a new human design week upon us, just as the new moon is coming into play and Venus and Neptune are coming into a conjunction. We also have the new human design week and that human design week is a very powerful one. It is a, a, a gate. The sun is at a gate on the emotional center. And as well, the moon is on a gate at the emotional center. So, I mean, the earth. So we have sun and earth in gates on the emotional center, which also means the moon is on a gate in the emotional center. Do you sense a theme here, perhaps? That the emotional center, the solar plexus is taking center stage for us to really understand how to use emotion in a very powerful way instead of being the victim of emotional energy. So we have a lot to talk about. Let me go check in and make sure uh, what I think is true is going on. Indeed, good morning, Christine Buckingham and JLo and Pauline. It's great to see you. Augustina, hello to you. And Corey, good morning. And Asa, thank you there for being in the background, uh, helping to manage everything that's happening in the stream. Sylvester, oh my gosh, you must have heard us tap into you. 
uh, Grand Rising Kings and Queens, he says, sending love and positive vibes. Maybe you heard us say that we missed you. You might be listening in the background or on podcast. So it's great to see you. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, good morning to you. Great to see you out there. Uh, I hope everybody is having a good day so far. It has been an extraordinary week, I think, in terms of uh, intuition and I, I don't know if you guys are having this, but I'm having some extraordinary dreams where, I, I mean, I come back thinking I've been somewhere. So I wake up and I'm like, oh, where have I been? When I was dreaming this morning, I was in a flood and uh, I looked at a house and there was this vortex of water just swirling around. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how are they going to survive that? And then the first news story I see this morning is about snow and flooding energy that's heading out toward the Rockies and to the Midwest. So hopefully everybody is going to be safe and sound this weekend, that you're all prepared for whatever weather is coming your way. And it's interesting, but our weather here has been fantastic. Uh, today it's a little bit cloudy, but for the most part, we've had some really beautiful weather this week. So that has also helped to boost uh, my, my emotional self. We get to see the sun. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we go for weeks without seeing that golden orb. And uh, so all is well, right? All is well, no matter what is happening, all is well. So today we're going to take a look at what's happening right now in the run up or the lead up to the to the new moon. And then we'll take a look at the weekend, specifically Saturday, seems to be the day where, you know, one by one, these things are taking place, which means that we're already feeling the energy, the tug and the pull pulling us into this new energy. And then we're going to talk about what happens after the new moon, which is not a dramatic thing at all. <laughs> the moon is going to get, move into a new sign. And so we'll want to know all about that. So let's start with today, shall we? So today the moon is already in the sign of Pisces. And today the moon is conjunct Venus and conjunct Neptune. So we have the moon already setting the tone for what the energy will be like during the new moon, where the moon in Venus is loving. It is an energy that with Neptune involved rises to the level of spiritual love. It is compassionate and extraordinarily gifted at empathizing, sympathizing, and being compassionate to uh, the plight of all peoples or of the planet or of the animals. Um, it is a sign of graciousness. There's graciousness here. And where do I get that word? Because that's a weird word, right? To just throw in there with Neptune. Well, it's not really, if you remember, that Venus and Neptune are sitting at the gate 22 for the new moon, and the gate 22, our involution, we talked about this on Monday, the involution, the inner um, changes, the inner evolution, if you will, that is happening within our own beings, within each one of us to uh, propel us into a higher state of being. And part of that is graciousness. The gate 22 in its highest expression is the gate of grace and graciousness is the gift. Now that's all through the gene keys and also human design. And it happens to sit on the solar plexus, right? The solar plexus is highlighted very much so um, during this new moon, actually this quarter of the year, as we get ready to seed what it is that we desire or how we wanna show up in the world 
but it tells us before the doing, right? Because this isn't on the sacral where the energy of doing comes in. This is on the emotional solar plexus where the energy of how do I feel, right? Am I in response to what is showing up in the world or am I reacting to what is showing up? So if you're in reaction, that's less likely to bring you what you desire. Those seeds are going to have a little bit more trouble sprouting. But if you are waiting in response and holding space emotionally for allowing, right, allowing energy, then things are likely to happen faster, but also to take you on a journey into the inner world that helps you to see uh, what it is that you are focused on and what needs to shift within you in order to get to where you want to be, what you want to be focused on. Now, this is also uh, today with the moon in Pisces and also going into the new moon, a moon that is bringing us creative energy. But the creative energy here might be imagination. It might be up in the fantastical and not yet out into the physical realm. This is where we can imagine things that are going to be. This is also very intuitive. And you may notice how you're, you're intuiting things at a greater pace. You might be even... Uh, my husband and I are completing each other's sentences, which we do all the time anyway, but it just seems like he'll think of something, I say it, I think of something, he says it, or literally gets up and does what I was thinking about doing myself. It's so funny because that I noticed over the last couple of weeks has really been uh, um, elevated. And so you might be noticing how much more intuitive you are because you seem to be focused more into that spiritual realm. So today carries that energy and literally the only two major aspects of the day with the moon is the conjunction to Venus and the conjunction to Neptune. And at this moment, that's building up as the uh, moon is at 12 degrees or it was at 630 this morning when I pulled the chart, <laughs> the moon was at 12 degrees and uh, Venus and Neptune not quite yet to their conjunction at 15 and 20 degrees. So they have some space yet to come into that exactness. And when they do, you're probably going to feel it, probably feel it on the internal, right, the internal planes. Now, if we take a closer look at the new moon, let me bring up the chart for the new moon so everybody can see what it looks like. Um, let me share my screen. And I'm going to bring this into focus a little bit more and move it over to the chart more. So here's the chart for the new moon. And it's an interesting chart because almost all of the planets that are out there that we count during a new moon or anything are all within about 130 degrees of one another. And so they form this pattern that's like a bowl, right? So if you look at this, um, it, you know, if you just pretend to draw in some lines here, you're going to see that it's very bowl-like. And even if I go up here to the midheaven and the south node and include it, you still have a bowl, right, with a little bit of a gap in it, like a chip out of it or something. <laughs> so you have this bowl with this energy, and the energy is all inside the bowl. It gives us the feeling that there's a lot that we could focus on and that, um, you know, it's almost like if you're eating your cereal in the morning and you're looking into the bowl, each, you know, each spoonful into the bowl is bringing up something, you know, that you can use for the energy of your body. Same thing here. We have this bowl and we can dip in 
and receive whatever it is we need out of the bowl. And what do we need to do in order to do that? We just need to be aware of what we're doing, right? And be in allowance for that to happen. So when we look at the bowl, we see it begins over here really with the south node and the midheaven and ends uh, with the north node. So interesting, right? The nodes are involved here, that uh, the nodes being involved show, show us sort of the bookend energies of what it is that we're releasing or what it is that we're using from our past in order to apply it to the new. And then to be able to move forward with curiosity and an open mind and open heart into the new energy. And then everything else is down here in the focus part of the bowl with the moon and the sun in their conjunction, uh, very close to Neptune, very close to Venus uh, at that time, sort of being the, the focal point of the bottom of the bowl. So the new moon, what are we seeding and how are we using our intuitive energy, our inner spiritual energy to be able to affect the outer world. Well, this is a setup then for us to really be understanding about faith, faith and trust and surrender, which are very important elements of Piscean energy. And the, I, I, without going into too much of a human design conversation here, um, let me see if I can switch charts really quickly. Uh, but uh, what other chart did I have up here? No, I don't have it. It's all right. So if we were to switch to a human design chart, what we would see is that the gates that are really about manifesting what we desire are not in the sacral, which is the energy of doing, but it's more appropriately placed in the throat center where we've gotten the energy up to the throat so that we can manifest and communicate. But it begins in the emotional center. So the emotional center, I'm going to, I am going to switch, hold on here. I'm going to, we'll switch back to that one in a moment. Because at least in this picture, you can kind of get a, an idea of where it is I'm focusing and that's this center right here on the lower right side. It begins with the gate six over here and then moves up to the 36. Here's gate 22. And we have the gates 30, 55, 49. You've probably heard me talking about these gates already because they are all activated. You know, it's almost sequentially uh, during this period, time, this time of the year. And interesting because here is where the gate of abundance and prosperity and financial success is. It's not over here on the sacral where we do or where we work. So here is where we maybe uh, we we can work, but it's not necessarily to work for money. The money piece or the abundance or the allowing for abundance sits on the emotional center. So mostly we see then it is about being aligned with what we want and what we desire that gets us to where we want to be, not the doing, not the doing. So those of you who think you have to go out and do more, keep working, work hard. We have a lot of sayings in our, in our own world about, you know, work hard to get and get money, right? That's kind of this thought that we have this field of energy that the collective is holding to in this paradigm, but when you look at human design, it isn't the right place for us to be holding to. In fact, holding ourselves to that model of working has been the, the source of a lot of stress, anxiety, uh, economic problems, greed, and uh, financial instability. Because 
we're not meant to focus on the doing. We're meant to focus on the how we feel, right? Are we living our passionate lives? Are we doing what we love? Do we feel like we deserve? Are we worthy? Um, are we, you know, in alignment with what we love to do? Or are we doing what we think we have to in order to make a living? Now, I'm not going to say that there's something wrong with working for a living, because that's not it at all either. But you have to have the emotional alignment to break through the barriers toward getting what you want, but also living out your passions. It doesn't come from the from the work harder kind of uh, template. So uh, hopefully everybody understands that. We're going to go into that a little bit deeper here this morning. And uh, Asa, Ingrid, good morning, Ingrid. I'll see you a little bit later. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts, two meal, crazy dreams and sleep patterns. Yeah, me too. Uh, definitely. Asa says, yes, me too with dreams. My legs feel like they've been working, flying and running. Uh, Sylvester is every, uh, hi everyone. I missed listening. My mom moon sign is in Pisces. Ah, so mom was a source of imagination and spirituality, perhaps, and emotional energy. Pisceans are very emotional. I have a sister who is a Pisces and she is very easily moved to tears. I mean, she thinks of my, of me not having called her for a week and she can sort of get teary eyed. Um, but that's just the emotion. She's always expressing emotion. Jennifer Peachy, good morning. And JLo says, ha, that was what my parents said. You have to get up and do to have what you need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And imagine then the effect that that has had on you, JLo, right? Imagine the fact that your parents have set you up and, I'm, I'm, and they did what they thought was right. We've perpetuated though these beliefs into our own families and into our children and our children will likely impart those same values into their children maybe not maybe we're disconnecting from that idea a little bit maybe COVID has actually helped us realize that it that there are higher priorities that we want to focus on than just work right and not that work isn't something that's valuable because it is um, but you must be doing what you love and if you're doing something that you don't necessarily love, but you have this idea, this goal about that this is a step to um, get to where you want to be, that's a different story than just feeling um, out of lack or focusing on needing to pay the bills uh, that you're out there working. And that's, of course, what we've been perpetrating uh, as, a, a, as a value, if you will, to our, our children is that it's production oriented. And then our projectors and our reflectors and our manifestors um, buy into that because they're here on this planet too. And that yet they don't have the energy to sustain that. So they're out there working, 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 working and burning out. They get to about 40 or 50 years old and they're like, this isn't working for me, but I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what else to do. They um, need to hear a different messaging from the world than just production, production, production and work, 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 uh, because they don't have the sustainable energy to be able to do that. And together they make up about 35 or 40% of the planet. Well, maybe 35% of the planet. So interesting, right? That we've gotten so many uh, messages about what to do, but we're called human beings. So we are unclear about who it is we're here to be, 
who who are we here to be? Well, we're here to be beings who are following an inner impulse to passion, to joy, to to enjoyment, to love. And doing what we love is a part of that. But being love is the biggest part of that, right? The being part is the big part. So this new moon, because I've strayed from the new moon, gives us the opportunity then to reinstate some of those values. I'm going to bring back up the um, the new moon chart. So hold on. Oops, wrong thingy. There we go. So let me make this a little bit smaller now. So back this out a bit. So we have this shape of the planets in the chart that show us that there's a lot of opportunity down here in the bowl, a lot of opportunity for us to get clear into faith, trust, and surrender, but to also become more imaginative, to become more dreamy, if you will, uh, to be able to visualize what it is that we want to create. What are the projects we want to uh, create? What, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be doing that with? How do we want to be in our health? How do we want to be in our finances? And you can go all the way around the chart to every house. How do we want to be in our work? How do we want to be in the, as an authority figure in the world? How do we want to be with our vision? How do we want to be with our spirituality? All of these things coming up right now possible during the new moon. And this is a time for us to make changes, not today, because today's not the new moon yet, but tomorrow uh, we, we really begin to add peace to our lives. How do we do that? How do we add peace to our lives? I think a lot of that has to do with what are you focusing on in your day-to-day -day world? You know, are you focusing on Fox News and all of the bad news that comes through? Or are you focusing on what more is possible? Are you focusing on what's beautiful? Are you focusing on what you love? So a lot of the things that will happen from the new moon, any new moon, but in particular this one in Pisces, is really based on what your focus is on. Now, this particular new moon occurs at the 23 degrees of Pisces, 23, four minutes. So earlier in uh, Pisces, it is tomorrow at 2.22 a.m. Pacific time, 5.22 a.m. East Coast time, and 10.22 a.m. if you're in uh, the universal time zone. Further, it's pretty much all time zones have this new moon tomorrow. The theme is about oneness and uh, being a part of the whole, but also have being the whole, right? So the collective and then your individual part that you're playing in the collective. And that's from my Dane Rudyar uh, book, The Astrological Mandala. And I mean, really, this is a great contemplation, like the gene keys is a good contemplation <laughs> of specific gene keys or human design gates. This is a great uh, way to look at as a contemplation of each degree of the astrological uh, chart or the zodiac wheel. And the, the contemplation here with this new moon is all about oneness. And then if we look at our human design gates, this, the, the human design gates throws kind of a, uh, a little kink out there, if you will, because the human design theme of the sun is at the gate 36, sun and earth, or sun and moon, excuse me, are at the gate 36, 
which is about exploring possibilities, right? Uh, actually being more of the explorer in this, like what more is possible or what would make me feel really good? What would make me feel um, like I was living a, a life of my dreams? What would happen if I allowed miracles to be created in my life? And with that particular gate, what we see is it is often about timing and the right timing also related to mood and how you feel. So I, I'm gonna give you a great example of mood and how that plays out with your emotional center. Um, my husband drops a bombshell on me last night telling me that when he gets home at 5.30 or six, that his brother and my sister-in-law are coming over. And I was fuming. I was fuming because not up Terry necessarily, although he was, you know, the one bringing this upon me, but I was really not in the mood to socialize. And these two are high energy drains. They are energy drains. I have no better way of framing it. And I didn't want to socialize. So one of the things that I realized is that the gate 22, which is where Neptune and Venus are prompting us to universal love and um, caring and involution is a gate of graciousness or not, right? Everything on the emotional center is, uh, is a mood. So it's either in the mood or it's not in the mood. And what do you do when you're not in the mood, right? If you're not in the mood, the best thing is to keep quiet. And that's exactly what I did. And I know it, to me, I felt like I was being um, kind of purposefully quiet and it's hard to be purposefully quiet. Uh, if they asked me a question, I answered. Uh, I did greet them. It's not like I was just sitting there, you know, all pouty faced, but I just wasn't in the mood. And the best thing to do when you're not in the mood is to not try to create a path forward to be something that you're not. So we have timing as a part of all of this as well. So when you're taking and considering what it is that you want to create for your new moon, make sure that the mood is also there, right? That it's the right timing and moods shift and they, they flow, right? Like the, the waves on the beach. And if you're in the flow, then you go with the flow. If you're not in the flow, you're um, ability to manifest isn't going to be hurt by you waiting for another hour or two until the mood shifts. So uh, sometimes we don't feel like we want to be a part of the oneness. Sometimes we, our oneness is I want to be aloneness and now you're in my faceness and I have to deal with that. So we can explore those possibilities, but maybe not take action until it's the right timing based on our mood. Because I can tell you the gate 36 can create a lot of turbulence in our lives if we're trying to act on something outside of the right timing or the right feeling. Maybe it's better to say the right feeling, the right mood. But when all of those things come together, we can create miracles in our lives. And of course, it's part of the circuitry in human design called the miracle circuit now, right? It used to be um, the uh, collective sensing circuit. Now it's called the uh, synergy circuit and miracle circuitry. Synergy circuitry, miracle circuit. So we have miracles potentially coming with us. Uh, coming to us during this new moon, but with emotional alignment. If you're not in the mood, don't try to do it. If you are in the mood, then open to the right timing in terms of right opportunity, right person, you know, all of that. 
closest aspects of this particular moon, well, as we said, everything is really within about 130 degrees of one another. They are all sort of in the mix together here. The closest aspect, perhaps the semi-sextile to Eris, and this is after the conjunction to Neptune, Venus. And sextiles are also, um, uh, sextile, semi-sextile, they are, you know, ways that we can use the gifts and the talents of the two signs or the two bodies in the signs to our advantage. So there are some really good energies here. Um, you can note that in this pattern, if you look over here on the chart, you see the, um, the blue lines, those indicate where things are of ease and flow. And there are a couple of, you know, scritchy little squares here that we will also have to contend with, but not necessarily uh, making a connection to the new moon. If you look at the moon itself, there aren't any, the moon and the sun, excuse me, there are not any red um, squares or square energies that are affecting the moon. So the moon is actually in a nice flow with the sun and with the other um, planets. So woohoo, right? We have a really good opportunity here. Um, now I'm going to stop sharing my screen for a minute. And uh, I just want everybody to know that yesterday was our listener Ingrid's 50th birthday. So happy birthday out there to Ingrid. And uh, may you have many blessings that are showered upon you during the upcoming year. And everybody give her a quick heads up and tell her happy birthday from us all. <laughs> uh, Camilla, good morning. It's good to see you. You're in Spain. Nice, nice of you to join us this morning. Sylvester says she is. I definitely need to hear and absorb the love and knowledge you are sharing today. Today's all about the love, right? Uh, JLo, I'm lost on local news. Just know what's going on with my friends in the area. Word of mouth with close contact. You know, sometimes I mean, I do sort of follow the news mostly right now because I'm looking for evidence of the um, solar plexus mutation. So when I see news stories that are following that, right, that, that those really interest me. But unfortunately, you have to hear all of the news or see all of the news um, <laughs> before you find that one story that you really want to pay attention to. So consequently, I hear a lot about everything, um, a little about a lot of things, but I only really want to go into some of the more um, detailed things that have to do with um, <laughs> our solar plexus mutation. Uh, look at that, everybody out there wishing you happy birthday, Ingrid. I love it. Thank you, guys. She is such a special person, and all of you are special people. And if I knew it was your birthday, you know I would be telling you, telling everybody. Um, but I love that uh, you're out there all doing that for her. JLo says, ha, ironic, I seen an, I've seen an article I was about to share that was speaking of Eris. Is she trying to get my attention, especially sending all their uh, early uh, 5 a.m. crows? I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Crows flying over your house, bringing you messages. I love that, too. Uh, anyway. So thank you all for wishing uh, Ingrid a happy birthday. Now I want to talk a little bit about the uh, new human design week. Let me, oh, I'm on the wrong screen. That's why it looks like I'm still sharing because it's lagging. Uh, let's bring that back up. Here we go. So tomorrow we enter into the third week of the human design month. It's not the third week of the month of March, but the third human design week. And it is all about, again, emotional alignment, which is also tied to timing for the next opportunity that we have to serve the world. And 
to serve the world means to share your gifts and your talents, um, your love, your passions with the world. The Sun at the Gate 36 exploration is about, there's a certain, like I said, restlessness and turbulence that can happen in the Gate 36 if the mood isn't right, if the mood doesn't feel right. And when a lot of that time it's boredom or restlessness that leads to our leaping into doing something that um, can be a little reckless. So exploration, yes, but reckless exploration, no, right? No. So the gate of exploration is where the sun is focused its energy. And that is also where the moon will be during the new moon. The gene key shows us that the shadow is turbulence right there. And the gift is humanity and the city compassion. It goes off in a little bit different direction. Um, instead of, you know, that feeling of adventure and exploration, it's moving more into how do I share of myself in a compassionate, loving, humane sort of way. The earth the earth always tells us what we have to have in place before we can uh, get to the energy of the sun. Or in other words, what grounds us, right? What is gonna, what needs to be done first? What do we have to have in place first before we can actually get to that gate 36? And it is about impact. The gate six is about intimacy. It is about the speed, the, the seeking to align with others in a spirit of peace and cooperation. Now, because the gate six is also on the emotional center right here, it is the possibility in the wrong mood. It is the energy for war, for anger, for conflict. So the gate six here with the earth would say that what we have to seek first is an alignment with our mood and our emotions to before we take action. So we have to be at peace, right? We have to come to an equanimity, a peacefulness within us. And then we will be in the right alignment with the miracles or with the exploration that we want to um, take on as our next opportunity to serve the world. So, in, and we see this very strongly in the gene keys with the shadow energy here being conflict and the gift being diplomacy, right? Tact and diplomacy sounds very Libran, even though it isn't really Libra. Uh, the city is peace, right? The highest expression where we are aiming for is peace. We're on the road from conflict to peace through diplomacy, right? Diplomacy. And in the other, in the sun, the gene keys, we would say we are moving from turbulence to compassion by embodying our humanity. So we can, we, if we look at these rather than levels, like, oh, boo, I'm down here at conflict level and I want to go to the peace level, is look at this as a pathway that you're walking through. Instead of being hierarchical, it's just a, a, a path, a walk in the park kind of, of energy. Hmm. Okay, so that will be in effect, by the way, from March 13th, Saturday until next Thursday, uh, the 18th. All right, so ending that one, stop sharing my screen. And let's do really quickly, let's look at what happens after the new moon. Uh, the new moon is at, what did I say, 2.22 a.m. Pacific time and at 8.38 a.m. Pacific time. So six hours after your new moon, whatever time zone you're in, the moon will move into the void. 
and it will sit in the void <clears throat> for the bulk of the day tomorrow. So maybe, uh, maybe timing wise, as far as creating or manifesting, I mean, if you're in, in the moment, 222 is awfully early. I'm not getting up that early to manifest what I want. <laughs> I might go to bed thinking about it so that it's, you know, moving through my, my body. Uh, but you might want to wait even, um, either do it early or wait even until um, after 3.44 p.m. tomorrow afternoon because the moon in the void tends to wander, right? We're wandering along. And one of the things I said is you had to know what it is you want to create. You have to know, you have to be able to bring out of the imagination into the physical. And while the moon is wandering around in the space after the new moon, um, you might not have access to the real truth about what you want. So wait maybe until after the moon moves into the sign of Aries, which is also a sign of new beginnings, right? It's the energy that can propel us dynamically forward. So the void of the moon is from 8.38 a.m. Pacific time until 3.44 p.m. So either we're, we're in your time zone, whatever time that is, manifest, you know, do your intention setting and all of that before, or maybe just, you know, hold with it for a little bit while the moon is in the wandering and then do it when the moon is finished. Literally, it's not going to, the impact to your ability to manifest what you want is, is not going to be the dist, based on the distance from the new moon. It's going to be based on are all of the right ingredients there energetically to allow this step forward. And that literally will happen only from 2.22 to 8.38 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or after the 3.44 p.m. time. I hope I didn't just confuse the heck out of everybody there. Um, by the way, I haven't checked Asa. Are there any questions? Um, uh, nope, good. Okay, so I'm not missing anything. But if you guys have questions, please feel free to type those into the chat. Asa will get that to me if I haven't uh, seen it uh, in the chat stream. All right, so I want to I want to talk a little bit now because we're sitting here at a new moon, and that's a time for manifesting what we want, setting intentions, and opening up to the creation of something new. Um, I want to talk about how is, how it is that we get there, because that's kind of a mystery, don't you think? I mean, certainly after the movie, The Secret came out, we had this clue that somehow we're creating our reality. It gave us that awareness. I mean, that movie did a lot to actually make us aware about how we are creating our reality, but I don't think it gave us the whole picture. It told us about what we were thinking about. Right? What were we focused on? As if the thinking part of what we're focused on is the sole thing that is involved in manifesting, right? And um, so even though it did us a service as far as opening up that whole concept of what are you focused, focusing your thoughts on, it didn't give us that whole picture. So I want to talk a bit about some very powerful words, two very powerful words. I am. I am are possibly the two most powerful words in all of our languages. Whatever language you speak, however you say I am, yo soy, uh, in Spanish, and that's the only other language I'm going to know to say it in, uh, but I am is the most powerful set of words. It sets the tone 
and the direction for your life. So think about how often you say things to people about what I am doing, about what I am feeling, about what I am experiencing, right? We have all of these different things that we use the words I am for, and it really sets the tone then for what's showing up in our world. So when you say I am depressed, or I am broke, or I am sick, right? What are you validating? Exactly those things. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not true, right? It doesn't mean that those things aren't true. But every time you use the word I am, you are actually pulling something into creation from the unmanifest world or the unmanifest reality. So, which happens to be where creation lives. Creation lives in the unmanifest reality, in the quantum field. Now, I'm sure some of you have probably read works by um, Bruce Lipton and uh, Joe Dispenza and who's the other person, Greg Braden, where they've all shared with us the scientific uh, part that is happening in the world, the quantum reality uh, through experiments that have been taken place where we, we are living in what we call the field of possibilities. And the field of possibilities is where all, all things that could be live, right? Unmanifest reality is the field of possibilities. And the field of possibilities from a quantum point of view lie in waves. So in experiments, pe people, scientists, physics, uh, physicists, they see the, the quantum field as waves, right? Waves, wave momentum, wave potential. And until they actually observe it or put a thought to it, then it distills out as a particle and becomes reality. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep this into as easy an understanding as I can get it for you, where if you would just think about everything that hasn't become manifest is in the world, in the realm of possibility, until an observer, you, me, observe it, and then add a thought to it, and then it distills out of the wave of possibility into what is. All right, Asa, you're going to have to help me here. If people have questions with this or if they're struggling with that, let me know. So where we are focusing our attention then is what is creating, what is distilling out of that wave of potential. And when we use the words I am to that, then we are adding a very powerful creative force to the uh, particles that are going to actually join into the reality, right? Now, the, there's another part here, and that is the mental and the emotional bodies. So mental, you could think of this as in the human design, the, the head and the ajna, probably the ajna more specifically because it's the mind and the emotional bodies, of course, the solar plexus. This is where you carry your conditioning, where your thinking processes predetermine almost, because often we're thinking without thinking about what we're thinking. And if you don't think that's true, where's your mind wandering off while I'm talking, right? We're all doing it. Um, so the Ajna then is 
uh, obviously the point at which you're going to bring up thoughts. So if you say something like, I am sick, let's just say I'm, I'm not healthy, whatever words. So I'm going with the knots at the moment. Uh, so if you're focused on that, then the ashna is busy bringing you more thoughts around the I'm sick or I don't feel good or I'm not well. Does it make sense? Right. So your thought processes begin to really coalesce around the thought I am not right or I am whatever I am. Then the emotional body uh, gets in, involved, right? The emotional body then is now connected to the thought I am not or I am whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, you're going to complete the sentence I am dot 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 fill in the blank. And the emotional body is going to create the emotional field that supports what it is that you're declaring that you are, right? So your ability to manifest out of the field of possibilities is very powerfully impacted by those two words, I am. It then generates the mental field and the emotional body or emotional field to begin to manifest your reality. So we go from the unman unmanifest reality to the emotional and mental alignment with what it is that you're declaring. And then we go into the manifested reality, your life right now, your story. This is why we've been focusing a lot here in the early parts of this particular year on what are you telling as your story, right? What is the story? Not only your personal story, but also as a community or as a, a collective, what is the story that we're telling? And does it keep alive the what we don't want to experience? Or is it changing the field of energy? Is it being, you know, affected in a creative way to change our experience, to change the dynamic? Right, Our consciousness here is like the rocket fuel that's going to take us to where we want to be. And even if you now, that, that's an interesting word to put there as well, want, right? Want, where do you want to be? Well, often we're focused on what we don't want as opposed to what we want. So we have to use the I don't want as a way for contrast so that if it's easy, sometimes because we don't know what we want, that's the number one problem is that we don't know what we really want. But sometimes it's easier than for us to declare what we don't want. So I can see from contrast that I don't want a person in my life who is angry all the time or who's mean or who is, um, you know, uh, abusive, right? That's what I don't want. But then focusing on that tends to bring more of that to you. But if you use it as a point of contrast and say, okay, well, if I don't want that, this over here is what I do want. I want someone who's loving and kind and generous and peaceful, who loves me, whom I love. All those things then begin to change the field. The field of possibility then is choosing, you are choosing, your consciousness is choosing the positive scale right? The, from the positive side. And the quantum particles or the building blocks of matter, the atoms, the molecules, the quarks, and the neutrinos, and all of those quantum parts start to build the reality that you're choosing. 
up until that point, they were just waves of potential. But the moment you begin to identify the I want or the I am's or the, you know, whatever the thinking and emotion is, then you really begin to bring in the creation. So while you are uh, contemplating this weekend, what it is that you want to create in your life, maybe it might be uh, best that you sit back first and look at all of the, the words that follow I am in your life, right? Or what is it that you're creating in your life? And, you know, I wanted to point out that I think I did show it to you. The gate 55 on the solar plexus is the gate of um, abundance and prosperity. And, it, and abundance and prosperity isn't just about money. It's about having it's abundant and prosperous health. Uh, it is financial there as well. There is that um, having abundant and prosperous relationships. So you can apply it to every house in the astrology chart even, or every facet of life that we have. Um, uh, I am an abundant and prosperous person. I am, right? Uh, I have even comes here. I have prosperous and abundant relationships. But that gate 55, as every gate and every um, a sign and every planet has this spectrum of consciousness that it is demonstrating. So we have the high, high, right, which is the prosperity and abundance and love and joy and everything that makes us feel good. And then we have the low, the low side of the gate 55 is lack. It's the shadow energy of hoarding or overeating or filling up the void because of a feeling of not enough or not, it, it, uh, as Karen calls it uh, the theme of enoughness, right? Whether I'm not enough or whether I don't have enough or there aren't enough opportunities in my life, that gate is about enoughness in its highest expression. It is faith that everything that you need or want or ever desire is there for you. There's no one holding it back saying you can't have this except for you, except for you, right? You're the one, I'm the one. What I'm focused on is what I'm creating. Now, does that mean that all of you can go out there and become millionaires? Well, ideally I'd say, yeah, you could, but is that what you really want? Because again, if you want something and you are trying to create something else, then you have a mismatch in both the thinking and the alignment of the emotional bodies. So again, we get back to, you have to be very clear in understanding what you want. Who do I want to be? Who I am. When you get that kind of clarity, then all of these things come together. Those quantum particles come together to build that reality for you. And all you have to do is stay aligned with it. There's nothing you need to do. The rules of the gate 55 say faith is enough. Faith in enoughness. And then the doing part of us, the sacral, is in response to what shows up in the world. What opportunities begin to show up because your faith that what you want is going to come to you. Then all you have to do is follow the, the signs, the breadcrumbs. And have faith that when you're at that breadcrumb, even though you don't see what the next one is, then it will be there in the right timing when all the right particles have come together to build that next step. 
kind of magical. I like it because it's magical. All right. What's everybody thinking out there, Asa? I don't, I, I can hear them buzzing, but I can't hear what they're saying. Um, oh, lots of comments. Here we go. Oh, maybe I just need, no, no comments. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Um, weird. I have not been feeling hungry. So I wonder if that has something to do with feeling comfortable where I'm at. Of course, I need food to survive. I'm human, but even, but weirdly, even just water is good for me. And, you know, isn't it interesting to say that, um, because in the moment is where enoughness lives, right? It doesn't live in the future. It doesn't live in the past. It lives in this moment. And in this moment, I'm good. Right? In this moment, the water's fine, right? Uh, next moment, things might be different. So I see a question from JLo. Oh, yeah. So I'm dealing with that right now. Thank you. And um, so being enough. Even if in this moment, the dream hasn't yet manifested, the point is for you to stay focused on the possibility and being holding it lightly. I call this holding it lightly so that you're not strangleholding the universe into only having it in this one way, right? And the other important point is take an internal thermometer check of what it is that you're saying to yourself about yourself, about what you can have. Whenever you use those words, I am. Now, um, the other part too to think about is, is it the truth, right? And there's nothing wrong in saying right now, you know, I, I've been, you know, talking down to myself or I've been negative about what's possible. And maybe the way that you can change what it is that you're saying to actually be more true. Because if you say I'm depressed, th that's not necessarily true unless you have a clinical diagnosis from a clinician that says that I'm, you're depressed, more appropriately, I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling melancholic. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling upset. Not I am, because you're not in the embodied anger. You're not embodied frustration. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's giving me information. The emotional field is filled with information. It tells you whether you are in alignment with what you're trying to create or whether you're out of alignment with it, right? So if you are feeling frustrated, something is going wrong in the manifesting process. It might be something simple like you're pushing or forcing instead of allowing. That would create frustration, right? Where if you would just let go of the process, sit back, relax, breathe, take a walk. I don't know how many times I've had to do that this week. Frustrated. I've been trying to write and writing sometimes is like pulling teeth for me. And I'm feeling the pressure because I'm on a timeline and I have other people that want me to do other things. <sighs> so when I feel that pressure, that frustration, what do I do? I go for a walk because it means that I'm trying to force something or I'm trying to push and I do have that ability to do it, right? We, I, I'm a generator. I could keep generating. I could keep doing, doing, doing. But sometimes you have to stop and get back to the right alignment in order to get where you want to go. And your emotions are uh, uh, giving you sort of a temperature, if you will, of what it is that you're feeling and where things are out of alignment. Did I see another question pop up here, Missy? Uh, la, 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 Asa, question. Oh, 
I thought I saw something new pop up here, but it didn't. Woo-wee. Oh, that was something else. So how are you guys feeling about this? Does this make sense to you? Right, that you have to be emotionally and mentally aligned and pay attention to what you're thinking, yes, but also pay attention to how you're feeling, right? You might be telling people, you might be telling yourself that you want something, but it's really maybe your conditioning field that makes you believe that you want or need something, not what you truly genuinely want for you. And then that's going to create that mismatch in the energy because emotionally you're moving this is onerous. This is not fun. This is, but over here, you're like thinking, oh yes, but it's going to be the right thing. That's going to bring me the right, you know, amount of money or the right opportunities. And if they don't match, you're spinning your wheels, right? You're spinning your wheels. So your power words, I am that set the tone and the direction for what it is you want to manifest the possibilities in the unmanifest reality coming into possibility when you actually focus on something, right? Where are you carrying the focus and then allowing possibilities to emerge from all of that? Okay. Well, that is it really for the weekend. Uh, J-Lo, lo, 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 lo. I start a course for the Gene Keys and the I Ching for 13 months. Wow. So I'm ready for this new journey. Gene Keys and the I Ching. I don't know whose course is that one. I haven't heard about a course on that. Um, but I encourage all kinds of study like that. But just know that the first thing I think of when I see the Gene Keys, that it is a deep dive, right? That you're going into contemplation, that this isn't something to take on lightly. This might really change your life for the better, JLo. Not that there's anything wrong with your life right now, but cool. Uh, Kamal, good morning. Good to see you. JLo says it has human design. Sheesh, it's a salad bowl. Sounds a bit like me. <laughs> well, okay. Hopefully it's a tasty salad. Um, I think this morning I am going to, before I leave, and I got to leave here soon, uh, I'm going to set the tone for the weekend by giving drawing us a couple of cards. Uh, and the ones that I felt called this morning to share with everybody is the galactic um, heritage cards. And so we're going to pull one of those. Oh, yes. I don't get to do cards as often anymore. I, I kind of miss it. So this will be for the collective, not for individuals, but although you're an individual that's part of the collective, right? So let's see what it is that we'll need to know going into this new moon window. What do we need to know? Whoa, that one jumped out. Hive mind, insectoid, parallel. Woo, that's an interesting card. Hive mind. You see all those insects and it says insectoid and a parallel universe. That is a card we have not ever gotten. Card number 29, which is going to be enlightening, I bet, because that's what 29 is, an 11 of enlighteningness, enlightenment. Okay, so here we are. There are many extraterrestrial insectoid species that have contacted Earth for thousands of years. They're peaceful and have a harmonious society that is based on the idea of a group thinking as one. Most humans shun the idea of a loss of individuality, but it can also be a freeing experience whereby the ego no longer dominates one's reality. 
Since all consciousness is ultimately one anyway, insectoid beings reflect this truth. You have connected with these beings in the past and their energy is now asking you to remember the oneness that lies underneath the illusion of separation. Wow, oneness. Remember, that was the theme that Dane Rujar showed us for that, for that uh, degree of the new moon. Commentary. This is a very archetypal card that has less to do with specific ET species and more to do with our relationship to the universe. One of the greatest human fears is losing individuality. Yet in order to evolve and survive as a species, we will need to embrace group consciousness in a constructive and harmonious way. There are numerous species in creation, insectoid and others, whose societies are based on a hive mind or a community-oriented structure. To some degree, even the Zeta Reticuli species has this consciousness and the power of the whole has what has uh, what has ultimately saved their species from extinction. On earth now, our individuality and attachment to our ego's opinions are destroying us. This card asks us to look at how we can relinquish this habitual need to cling to individuality in favor of embracing a more collective universal outlook. We can start at the community level and move outward to the planetary one. The truth is that we are all interconnected, no matter how far apart we feel. Denying this only prolongs the inevitable shift needed to move to the next level of our evolution, or our involution even. This card can be interpreted with this in mind, but it could also mean that you personally have a connection to an insectoid or hive mind species, and this connection can help you bring those needed changes in awareness to your life and to the planet. Well, that was interesting. That turned out a whole lot different than I thought it was going to be, but I love the theme there. And a Mayan card. Um, let's get those out here. Now, let's see here again for what we need to know for the new moon, for all of us. We have Imish. <laughs> I love Imish. Imish is the card of, it's the first Mayan day sign. So Imish was the creator. Uh, the creatrix the, in, in uh, Mayan, it was represented by the crocodile or the alligator. And I don't know why I didn't take a look at. Let's find Imish in here. As the first sign that would also represent a new beginning Imish. Here we go. Um, so common Mayan usage was for the root or waters, qualities, source of life, divine nurturance and support, primordial mother, undivided primal waters, primal trust and nourishment, receptivity and self-love. Um, oh, let's see what it says over here. Here's the little poem that goes with it. Deep, dark, unfathomable primal waters, I am. Tenderly do I cradle in you the mystery of becoming. Receive nourishment from my primordial depths. Amish sounds a call in your life to go beneath the surface, to plumb your own primal depths. Go to the abundant wellspring of the life force to find the nourishment for which you yearn. In trust and receptiveness is found the source of movement. From the primordial waters of unity flows the spiral of eternal emergence. 
allow others to give fully to you, for in that receptivity, the circuit of love is completed. The entire universe is made up of love, give and receive. If you are not fully receiving the gifts offered by the universe, you can short circuit your connection with the natural spirals of growth. Give freely and unconditionally without attachment to how your gift is received. Dip into the well itself, fill your cup with sweet waters, offer this gift unconditionally, trust in the situation at hand. Primal trust means making choices moment by moment with no guarantees. It means not trying to control the outcomes in your life. Trust your steering mechanism of heart knowing. Trust the transformational processes that are at work in your evolution. Call on Amish, the source of life, primal waters of creation, the root source, the primordial mother to nourish and care for you. In truly accepting their reservoir of sustenance, this reservoir of sustenance, you will have unlimited resources to care for others as well as yourself. Remember that you are always embraced in the arms of the divine, no matter what the exterior circumstances of your process or situation. Ah, trust, faith, surrender, love. We all talked, we talked about these things today. Amish and hive mind. All right, our cards for consideration for the new moon time. All right, that is it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you all have a spectacular weekend. I will see you on Monday. Happy new moon.